Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join the call. I will call right back. Talk Recorded live. We're, we're, we are live, but we're on the verge at any moment. Uh, this is the SteelerFury.com podcast. I am your host, Bradshaw Ben. Happy to join you uh, before week, uh, what is this, week 10 uh, of the NFL season, week 9, week 10, who can keep track? Uh, but also joining us from the start of the show, in theory, uh, driving in his car somewhere in the hinterlands is the Steeler uh, pundit and curmudgeon FC. He's with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty, pretty, pretty good. How are you, sir? Not bad. Have you ever done the show before while driving? I, I have. It's an interesting yes. experience. I have. <laughs> Unfortunately, and I am doing another one right now. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, hopefully it's not like raining or snowing. No, or, it's, you know, it's a little bit overcast. So. All right. Well, if you well, have to, if you, I was just going to say, if you have to stop at any point or uh, you know concentrate on driving, uh, I can you know I'll take over for you. So don't worry. That's that's perfectly good. I was gonna I was gonna try to call you and tell you like let's push this back to two, but I didn't want to after jerking you around and being late and stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I was on time. No, I mean uh, no, you, no, you put a lot of good. work into this, man. So uh, anytime it's always good. You should have let me know. But anyway, we're here. So yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do some talking to Steelers football. Hey, they won a game last week. Very exciting. They did uh, against the Oakland Raiders. I I I had the uh, the idea of it that it was going to be a close game, so none of that surprised me. But, um, you know, the blow-up on the score, it was like a very strange game. It was a shootout and a body bag, like, knockout game. Uh, I found that to be kind of interesting that it was both. Uh, what was your take on the game? Um, it, it, ups and downs. Um, there, there was a lot of positives, you know, to, to, to take out of the game. Um, you know, when – Ben Ben made some great throws even early. We had dropped balls. That's you know something that's gone for odd. Um, how good Ben had looked, you know, early. And uh, Martavius Bryant needs to start making a little bit more plays early in the game. He needs to get to, get his confidence and keep it. Um, defensively, not great, but good enough. Um, Hard hitting. I mean. They, they may lack some talent, but the effort is there. So I can wear my Steeler gear with pride, even, you know, wins and losses. You know, I'm not big for excuses. But, you know, if they play hard, you know, they'll keep my respect. And they're playing hard. Um, we lack talent overall on our roster, and it really shows up in the, in the special teams. You know, or the, the our special teams suck because the overall talent of our team's poor, not great. I mean, we got some very good top-end players. But our bottom end players are bottom end players. Well, you know, on this show, uh, historically, we we fear talking about special teams when they're good because we're afraid that they will be worse. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I'll tell you this: we can start with that. I, I think it's really uh, head scratching the lack of success they've had on special teams. 
when you consider that they have a couple of really good special teams players. It's not like they're completely bare in the cupboard. Roosevelt Nix has been uh, terrific on uh, on special teams, uh, right on uh, coverage units. And, you know, the uh, Darius Haywood Bay has actually played pretty well on coverage units. Uh, you know, are there any? Right. I, I, I'll be here. Uh, are, are there any guys that, uh, you know, the Steelers have that are obvious holes in the special teams? You know, like I said, there's, there's been some good guys and some bad guys. That's my question. I mean, the, the guys that are good stand out. You know, you got to be proud of Roosevelt and Knicks. And what, you know, goes unaccounted for is uh, Will Allen is now playing, uh, you know, regular downs on defense, so he's no longer – that special teams demon. Robert Golden, you know, uh, is playing more downs on defense. So, I mean, they're still in, but they're not in as much. Um, Antoine Blake's a problem on special teams. Not, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm not looking to attack a player or be negative, you know. Um, the, the, it's just they need – it's not that players are bad. It's that we need other players to step up and be good and maybe the Robert Golds can go back to being a special teams demon, or a Will Allen can go back to being a special teams demon. Shamarco Thomas just never really gets an opportunity. We, I could sit here and name names and have good and bad to say about them, but, you know, uh, the talent overall. I mean, I don't think Will Allen is a great safety, but he's not bad. But he's a very good third safety and special teams guy for what he's getting paid. And we need more of those. Sure. Well, the, but, but to me, the coverage is not, not really as much of a problem as the return games, you know, the right. kick return and punt return. And, I mean, some of that, obviously, we've had some issues with returners, but it also feels like they're not really giving him big lanes to work with. Is it just that he's slow to reach the lane, or do we have that much problem blocking? Have you had a chance well, to take well, a look? It's just, it looks blocking. I mean, really, I mean, there's – I mean, Dry Archer probably had a total of three or four opportunities all year, maybe five or six. I would say they were blocked up pretty well. Um, I, Jacoby Jones – or it might, I think it was A.B. because he returned all the – no, you know what? It was Jacoby Jones missed a punt return that was set up. He ran to the right where the wall was set up to the left, and they had it the set other up side. pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's on the returner, you know, um, I don't want to sound like the old curmudgeon, but you know, <laughs> got to improve the talent of this team and the drafts have not been up to par by anyone's, you know, you're not going to win Super Bowls with the type of drafts that we've been having recently. Well, you know, what I was saying about the drafts this week occurred to me that essentially the middle of the team, as far as the drafts has been, uh, outstanding. In other words, the way they built the middle, it's the sort of the, the you know they've had some misses on the top end and they've had some misses on the bottom end. Uh, it sort of sort of feels like the you know, the bottom of the roster are always the sort of some questionable choices, and top of the roster has been some questionable. Things. But they they build this solid thing in the middle that it's hard to completely uh, say that they've been bad because they've you know they've they've hit on some mid round picks that they should you know got great value out of the, those picks and got. Fr- great value out of to it, you know, up in the second round. So it's not like they're completely missing the boat, right. but it's just the, the roster roster as constructed, I agree with you, definitely has some issues as it relates to special teams. Uh, I sort of, uh-oh, we lost Greek. Uh, we were going to go to the phone call there, 
But we have another caller from Washington. I'm going to guess this is Orange Steel. How are you, sir? Oh, wait. Uh, I failed to mute him properly. Let's try one more time. There we go. How's it going? Uh, is this Orange? Yeah. How are you? Did you uh, did you take your heart medication before last week's game? <laughs> oh man, I the only the only time I felt like I was going nuts was after the blocked punt. Um, Haley followed up with a big nothing burger. You know, I think he did a run run pass combo that he's so famous for. Um, no, I I, uh, I actually was okay. I mean, it was pretty much what you expect, what you predicted. Per uh, uh, sorry. Uh, B two B. It was a, yeah. it was a barn burner. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an exciting game, I guess to say the least. Well, uh, FC, I noticed that Orange still he hit on something I want to talk about. He pointed out the one bad series for Todd Haley, but I actually thought, as I wrote in the post game write up, I thought this was maybe Todd Haley's best work from the standpoint of what the game plan was and how they how they uh, called plays. Did you feel a, a, a shift in the tide this week? I thought that he did a better job this week. I will say that. Um, I've never had a problem with Todd Haley's offense or his play design. I just have a problem with the play calling and the rhythm or the lack thereof. Um, there, There's a, a, a flow to, to calling a game, and Todd Haley came closer to finding a flow um, at times last week than he has. I, I – I, I just can't see why we don't just try – the Steelers just don't try to hang points as fast and as many as possible. Well, I said, that's, I said that's, a, that's a way of protecting your defense, you know, just as much as right. holding the ball, right? Exactly. I think it's a better way because, you know, we have a more skillful offense, I mean, especially with Ben and Bell, than any team in the NFL when it comes down to skill position players. Um and uh, we don't necessarily play to our strength or play call offensively to that strength. Keeping games close and winning them in the fourth quarter is not the best idea with what we have. We don't have a team to sustain the sustained long drives. We have a quick strike offense. Well, and it's, but just coming back to Orange's point, that series, you know, the, it just seems to be a, a, a perennial problem that uh, when the momentum, there's a momentum shift in the game, the defense or special teams, or in this case, both defense and special teams made big plays, uh, and the Steelers get the ball uh, in plus territory, and just there's no attacking sense at all. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I struggle to, Orange, I struggle to find out in my own head uh, what his logic might be for, for being so conservative in those situations. It's not as if they were already in field goal range either, so I, I guess don't, you know, I guess he's, maybe a case of out out thinking the other team and that they're thinking it's going to be aggressive and we're thinking we're just going to pound at them. Like I, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, it seems like the time, I mean, I think he did call a good game overall. I, I agree with what you're saying. The, the weird, the, the thing is though, is we hone in on the times where you would think that, you know, he should be the most aggressive after a situation like that, that, you know, that the, the defense comes up with a big play and that they almost, uh, you know, I think that was that was the series where Mitchell, you know, ran the ball back, but he was out of bounds, and then the punt happens. And so the very next, you know, very next series, you know, I'm thinking Todd Haley. Okay, let's be aggressive. Let's bury these guys. And he, you know, he goes as vanilla as you can be with, you know, as you guys are saying, is one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. So 
it it is it's I I scratch my head and I don't really understand why. You know that said, they did hang I think what thirty eight on the on the Raiders, which is you know that's a, no, that's they, a lot they, of points. It, they had six hundred yards of offense and yeah, thirty eight points, yeah. right? So something went. Right. I mean, I, you can't you can't really complain. You can't really I guess you can't say he's not being aggressive overall, but it's those those weird series where it's like. You know, I, he must know something that that I don't know. I'm just going to chalk it up to that. But yeah, I mean, I I just hope that that doesn't bite us because we still only won the game by three points. So, you know, I I don't know. I I just wish on a on a on a big change, uh, a, a big uh, momentum shift there, blocking a punt, which is something that we never do. You know, go for the jugular. But yeah, I mean, 600 yards of offense, including a couple series with Landry Jones. I mean, how can you complain about that? I guess right. Well, of course we can. That's our job. That's what we do. We're Steelers fans. Um, <laughs> That's true. So, so FC, let me let me ask you this. Um, you, obviously, you know their their plan most of the time is to try to you know possess the football and limit possessions to protect their defense. I think mostly, um, you know. So in this game, obviously they didn't do that and they gave up 35. Do you think the brain trust is now vindicated in feeling like they should? I mean, because I know you and I both agree that putting up points is a way to protect the defense, but I guess the, I'll boil it down to this. Did the fact that the Steelers didn't seem to uh, – they, they seemed to increase the pace of their offense and attack more, do you think that that contributed to the defense giving up 35? In other words, were they tired? Were they out on the field too much? No. Um, the reason the Steelers' defense is up 35 is because they're limited. I mean uh, – the, 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 I mean, we we really didn't rush the passer. We really didn't uh, cover too great. I mean, we, we a couple guys made some plays. We also left some plays on the field. Um, it's the, the, the Raiders are pretty good, you know. Um, Mari Cooper is a pretty good wide receiver. Michael Crabtree is a pretty good wide receiver. Derek Carr, we didn't get enough pressure on him, and he was comfortable. Whenever he was uncomfortable. He didn't look that sharp. Um, the, the Steelers' defense is limited by the back seven, and I was disappointed with uh, the production of Hayward, of Tuit, um, of Harrison. Dupree made a couple plays, so I'm, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Shazier, Timmons, you know, I mean, we want to shoot out. The, the big thing is you want and you mark it up to the next week. Sometimes it's it's just not your week and the plan they have against you works and, you know, they get paid, as you said, as well. I I did notice that uh, there are a couple of things. One is I have to give the Raiders credit. I'm I'm actually not sure. Who is their offensive coordinator? Do you know? Hugh Um, Jackson. Is it Hugh Jackson? Um, They, uh, you know, because I felt that the two – Two of the biggest plays of the game. Actually, it's Bill Musgrave. You know what? Hugh Jackson's in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he's moved. It's it's Bill Musgrave. Bill Musgrave is correct. Yeah, and Bill Musgrave. Uh, I felt I felt like two of the big plays of the game. The um, well, three three of the big plays of the game, I should say. The the two pass plays. One the touchdown to in the first drive of the game. Uh, that was a terrific catch by Cavtree between the corner. You know, Steelers were playing like quarters or something, and they called a, just exactly the right kind of play uh, in front of him. And the way they schemed the receivers on that side kind of put Cockrell in no man's land. I felt that that was a you know something that they obviously drew up in the week preceding the game. It was in their first drive, their like their third or fourth play. Thought that was great. Also, um, 
the uh, pass play down the middle late where Timmons was left basically to cover, uh, once again, I think Crabtree. That was just, you know, the, the way that they they got the look that they wanted and they schemed against it. And I felt that that's just, you know, Lawrence Timmons can't do a whole lot more than he did on that play. And the safeties, you know, were going other places. And so it was just a great read and a great play. I feel like, you know, you have to give them some credit. I think they're offensively a very, very good football team. And they, you know, they – they're playing really well right now. They pass protect well. They run block well enough. They got a nice running game. And, uh, you know, they did the same thing to the Jets last week. They hung a big number on them. I think the Jets defense is, is the best part of their team. So maybe just the Raiders are that good on offense. Uh, that quarterback, I, I can't say enough about their pass protection quarterback. They, uh, you know, that that's as good as we've faced this year, I thought. Uh, I agree. Orange, maybe, and Orange, maybe you have a different take on that. Anything else? No, I think I think that's all right. I mean, Carr looks impressive. Their their defense is um their defense is like ours. I mean, they're just susceptible to big plays. But yeah, their offense is pretty lethal. And our our guy Clive Walford, uh, who they never used, <laughs> got a touchdown, right? Uh that was the only time the they looked at him the whole game, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I know, Mitchell I know. Mike Mitchell scrambled him. Mike Mitchell scrambled him. That's right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's another promising thing about what we saw last week too. Is just, you know, we're gonna we're gonna there's gonna be points hung on our defense, but you know, the fact that they're they're coming up with these these jarring hits. I mean, that scares an offense. That scares playmakers. You know, as it did a few other guys. Uh, you know, the, I think the running back was knocked out of the game by Davius yep. Murray. I think right. Yeah, and so. I mean, that's that's promising, I think, because, you know, they're not the most – I mean, look at – I mean, it comes back, right, and we're all, you know, we're all excited for probably, you know, hopefully some interior pass rush, but that was the worst our pass rush, I think, looked all year. And so I think, you know, them taking advantage of coming up with a big hit, making a big play, coming up with a big turnover, being opportunistic in those, in those moments and those times is going to go a long way. I mean, we're going to face some good quarterbacks coming down the stretch here, and we're going to face some good quarterbacks if we make the playoffs. So they got to be able to make plays like that when, when you know, it, it, it presents itself. So, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, you guys, you know, you, you Orange, you listened to the show last week in FC. You were here. Uh, I, my take is that they're a mirror image of our team. I think, I think the teams are a lot closer than people would have expected maybe at the beginning of the year. And it's like, obviously, I give the Steelers a little bit of an edge at, at quarterback. And you know they don't they don't really have the Antonio Brown dominant kind of wide receiver, but I'll tell you what that's a that's a dangerous team that I think you know in my opinion is going to be the other wild card along with the Steelers. They just seem like they have the right formula for winning down the stretch, and maybe they'll turn back into the Raiders. They'll, they'll remember someday. You know the pumpkin will will uh, turn back into a pumpkin. <laughs> but yeah, because they, like they, they have team. the. Uh... They have the tiebreaker over the Jets now, then, right? Because they beat the Jets. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, they they might be the, they might be the sixth seed. I mean, you're you're totally right. I mean, that might be the case. So ooh, they might make make the dance. Yep. And I have an avatar bet now, FC. I don't know if you caught that that the Jets will not be one of the wild cards. And I I think it starts tonight. I think they're going to get their clock clean in Buffalo. But anyway, I don't know. Yeah, if I know you're going to get their clock clean, but they'll. It, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um. I'm not sure about the Jets. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team either. If you if, just if that, but we'll see. 
Yeah, they're so it's so open, really. I mean, a lot of a lot of teams right. have a chance that they get hot. Anyway, Orange, thank you for the call. I got to go to somebody else, but I appreciate Absolutely. the Thanks, uh, listening. So I'll meet you there. Uh, going to the Great White North, um, we missed Remembrance Day by a day, but you know we're still here. Do you still have your poppy on, Greek? <laughs> Excuse me, I do. <laughs> there you Happy go. Happy Remembrance Day to you guys. Good. I, you know, I was I was up there working um, not long ago on Remembrance Day, and Tim Hortons FC. I don't know if you know this. They give out the poppies. They give, they give yeah, away. you can find them anywhere in most stores, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, in fact, it was a big to-do yesterday, I guess, because uh, someone in the high – I don't know. I can't remember who it was. Maybe you'll know better than I will. Uh, some Cana- famous Canadian uh, said that uh, he feels that people feel pressured and that it's a free country and you should be allowed to not wear a poppy if you want. I don't know. Oh, I didn't hear about I, that. Okay. Yeah, there's a big scandal in Canada, you know. I'll put it this way. Supposedly, like, if uh, Don Cherry sees somebody walking around Canada without their poppy on, on Remembrance Day, he so puts his bull terriers on them. Oh, he will. He'll put his, like, he try his bull terriers to attack them. I was like, oh, I fucking love me some Don Cherry. Um, so, uh, based off a of poem, the, the idea of the poppy, I think, is absolutely brilliant and a beautiful fucking thing. Um, Canada played a big part in both World War One and World War Two, and uh, they are a great partner and probably the most awesome country in North America, in my opinion. That's nothing against the United States. They just treat people <laughs> better, and uh, you know, your, I think uh, your Canadian citizenship is in the mail. I, I, <laughs> they won't have me. They, uh, I'm not productive enough. BC well, might have you. I'm also broke as a joke. <laughs> the um just just for the record guys Canada recently uh was uh came out number 1 on the list of uh livability and uh happiness the happiness quote oh, that's pretty good why do i feel like my country's getting jinxed <laughs> <laughs> well last week last week i fc before i think you were on the line i Oh, I, I fucked you on the Blue Jays too. Oh boy. Oh yeah, there I'm you go. Sorry. I tried to, I'm just, I, tried I just to got get, over that one. Let's not get into that. Yes, sir. I tried to get Greek. Fucking rap that, that uh, umpire. I mean, on uh, Ben Revere. I want to say, anyway. Oh yes. Uh. Yes, it's true. So Greek, you. I think you were maybe a little bit less uh, uh, a fan of the offensive game plan uh, on Sunday, uh, at least early in the game. I think you were you were ranting a little bit, but you know I don't hold anything against you that you say during the game. <laughs> I, thought, I but, guess uh, my comments were in the first quarter. I don't know if it's the brace or his knee. I thought Ben was back footing or arm throwing a lot of his throw, but he definitely got better as the game went on. I agree with that. The yeah, offense yeah, was... fucking dropped. They killed him in the first quarter. Martinez yeah, and, and, and as much as I, uh, obviously I love the win and they, there's great offense stuff. Are, do you guys really think we're going anywhere with with it being a A B show with you know thrown in with D Will with a bunch of like but I guess what I'm getting at is D H B Wheaton Wow M I A <laughs> and meet Wheaton needs a he needs a a, a three letter nickname so he can be lumped in the how many there. targets I mean twenty plus but, but wait but my argument Greek my argument to you is of course Antonio Brown and and uh, D'Angelo Williams. They accounted for something like uh, 80 or 90 percent of the offense, maybe like closer to 90. But yeah. I, what I'd say, what I'd say about that is they hung 638 points. Probably could have had 42 if they really, if, if they, if they needed that extra four. I bet you D'Angelo Williams gets in. So I'm just saying they, they hung 38 
and 600 yards. I don't understand against a decent team. I mean, that's a playoff team probably. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm all for if, you know, show me you can stop it or I'll keep going to it. But if we're, we're going to be playing better teams or better defensive teams, you're going to need to see a lot more out of DHB and Wheaton. Yeah, but who, you know, who? I, I guess, I, I mean, I'm not sure who's out there that can do a better job on Antonio Brown one-on-one. If they give you, if they give you Antonio Brown one-on-one on every play, you're going to put up 600 yards and you're going to target, you're going to target him 50 times, right? FC? Yeah, can't argue, can't argue with that. Um, can you imagine if Martavius Bryant made uh, the the? Where, uh, and where was he for? It felt like the majority of the game. I was getting a stroke. I'm like, can somebody? Ben was like, like ah, ah, you fucked me twice already. No. Yeah, I, th- AB, I think there were two. You're making yeah. plays. Well, the Williams. Other, Where's Heath Miller? Well, you know? I think you know they definitely benched him because of, you know, they they sat him down because of the drop. But it also, the Steelers went, it actually ran surprising amount when I went back and reviewed of uh, ultra heavy setup where they brought yep. in uh, Woodward Hubbard. as the third or Hubbard, excuse me, as the third tight end and uh, Nick. Uh, so to me, it's like if you're going to do that, Bryant's coming off the field anyway. Um, whether that's good or bad, they were they had some success with that, and and I think the difference was they ran play action out of that set and very effectively. So I, I've got no complaints. If if you're going to run effectively with it and run play action out of it after you've set up the run, I'm down with that. But it was after that, like the fourth series, third and fourth series, when they don't have Bryant in there, uh, that they definitely suffered, I felt. Um, at any rate, it feels like it's unsustainable to always only have Antonio Brown and a good running back. But I feel like, you know, certain games, if they give it to you, you got to take it. Now, I'm not really sure why. Oakland was so dead set on single covering Antonio Brown so much. But, Agreed. Uh, uh, FC, I hear, I hear that the Browns say that they will also single cover Antonio Brown and depend on their corners' ability and man coverage. Unquote. Ah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Landry Jones is going to have. If, if that's true, if Landry, Landry Jones makes ten to twelve passes, I mean critical passes in the game, we should be able to hang at least. On Twitter that Schefter's reporting Ben out of the out of his practice boot way ahead of Yeah, I, with the bye week coming up, I don't know. I, let me put it this way. If I wake up Sunday morning, rub my big fat belly, take a pee, and I hear he's playing, I'll be happy. You know, I would <laughs> say, I'll take Ben over Landry Jones every all the time. I don't expect it. So anything that, you know, comes of it is great. Yeah, I but, I mean, you know, I, I tend to not uh, count Ben out of anything uh, over the years. He's proven I'll put it this that, way. I think we need Ben. I would feel a lot more confident with Ben as our quarterback that we're going to beat the fucking Browns. And I yeah. definitely need to win the game. Well, well, Greek, here's here's my question I'll, I'll throw to you, and that is, you know, I, to me, I hear the bye, the, knowing that the bye week is coming up, that, that to me is more of a reason for Ben to attempt to play in this game because – I imagine that as long as he can't make it worse by playing on it, it gives him a week of playing on a less than 100% foot to recover. So to, so to me, if you can, you can use that bye week either way. You can say, well, we're just going to be careful and rest him for the extra week. But I don't, I'm not sure that their record and the situation in the playoff race allows them the luxury of, of sitting him if he's able to play. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. The one thing I'd also throw with Landry Jones, obviously he's no Ben, but his first start was in KC. A lot better that we got him at home this time. Yeah, it definitely helps. And and that there's a big difference between Kansas City's defense and Cleveland's defense. There you go. Uh, and the crowd, the crowd, Kansas City. The, right. the, that's the one thing about. I'll give the the Chiefs fans credit. That's a fucking hellish, hellish place to play at. Probably one of the toughest in the NFL. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm I'm thinking uh, that Cleveland might be right for a, a fan takeover this weekend. But you know they're they're a pretty loyal bunch up there in Cleveland. But yeah, they are, uh, and they really hate the Steelers. <laughs> that that is true. Not as much as they hate the the Ravens, but they do hate the Steelers. It's true. Um, Greek, you got anything else exciting? Um. I the the only other thing I would add is Mike Mitchell. Like I I can't remember a player recently that gets me as pumped up with his plays and then like immediately gets me pissed off at him from his ball awareness on the side. Like you're stepping outside, stepping out of bounds. Like I saw that right away. I would I would expect him to know that. And then celebrating before a play is very frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. FC, I I'm, I'm on record as saying that I think having played ball sports my entire life that even if you're not that familiar with the rules, one, I think pretty easy to understand is that when you go out of bounds, you can't make a play on the ball. Um, Unless you reestablish. If he would have got the second foot in bounds, then he recovered the fumble. It's legal. Right. And, and, and right. A, a, he could have, and B, right. he, he basically took the ball out of Bud Dupree's hands. You know, so yep. it wasn't as if he's making the only, it's either him trying to make a play or nobody makes a play. That to me is just kind of like a, uh, you know, the absence of awareness coupled with, uh, you know, more interested in in making the play himself than making sure the team makes the play. So I don't there's know. I just felt saying, like there's people that you want around when bullets are flying, and people that can slow situations down and do the right thing. Mike Mitchell doesn't have that ability. He can't slow his mouth down. He can't. He has to hit somebody. He has to taunt somebody. He just doesn't have the ability to slow it down. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Greek, I'm telling you, if Cameron Hayward is the guy in the Mike Mitchell situation, my guess is that he does not make that play the way that Mike Mitchell made it. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, there's a guy that's – how about FC, speaking of uh, players, you know, we, we talk about the Mike Mitchell infuriating you with his lack of awareness. But, I mean, I, here's the thing about Cameron Hayward. He seems into every play, whether he's involved – or it's to the other side of the field, or he's on the sideline, or, you know, if he were, like, concussed, he'd still be as into the football game and everything that's happening as anybody on the sideline. Um, Got to love a guy like that. Sure. I mean, he's a football guy. I mean, there's there's people that say they would play the game for, you know, $100,000 instead of a million dollars. And Cam, Cameron Hayward's probably one of those people. I mean, grew up in Pittsburgh, moved to Atlanta, back to Pittsburgh, back to Atlanta. I'll badmouth a lot of things about the South and Georgia. They love their football here. They absolutely love every level of football. You'll go to Pop Warner games here, and there'll be 2,500, 3,000 people in the stands, which is more than we drew for minor league hockey. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's sick. You know, for Pop Warner, you know. And uh, Cameron Hayward loves the game. And that's you need – I mean, you take a guy that might have more talent, you always want a guy like Cam Hayward on your team because the game means that much to him. Yeah, and uh, I mean, to get back to Mike Mitchell for a second, Mike Mitchell actually, you know, 
made a ton of plays in the football game Sunday. So from the football standpoint, oh, I can't I can't knock his play. I like him. I mean, I under I understand his shortcomings. I just hope he doesn't make a stupid decision when games really matter. Playoffs, if we make the playoffs, and uh, he he's another guy that he loves the game of football, and he seems to have really taken to the city of Pittsburgh. So, and he seems to love Pittsburgh. So, he said he grew up in Ohio as a Steelers fan. So I was just like, ha, ah, that's cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's here now. <laughs> so we're gonna we're glad we have him. Uh, for the moment, anyway, um, until he makes another bonehead play, and then we'll, we'll flip back on. I'll still, I'll that's, still that's support him. Yeah, hey, I'll take this year's version over last any day of the week. Yes, he's healthy yeah, part, this year. Healthier. I think. I think we can all agree on that for sure. Um, Greek, thank you very much for the call, bud. Okay, any, thanks, any, guys. Any thoughts? Any thoughts on the Browns before you run away? Because we're about to switch gears a little bit. Talk about the Browns. Thoughts on the Browns? Uh, I expect a close yeah. game, divisional. We'll find a way to win. There you go. Said with the, you, go. you got Ben in there. We're blowing him out. Said with a Canadian confidence. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your Leafs season while it still lasts. It may not be long. What <laughs> <laughs> up? Enjoy, enjoy Chester out there. Yeah, we are. We we are really thank grateful that you sent him over. You are you will okay. be singing a different tune after Christmas. <laughs> it's Kessel for Christmas. All right, man. Oh, oh. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Um FC, let's let's uh let's shift gears to the Cleveland Browns and talk and talk matchups. Uh I want to start with the Steelers defensive front against uh Cleveland's front. I, I my take is you know, maybe it's just because they know they're not a good football team and they they're not elevating their play to the level they might if they were more in contention. But it feels like Cleveland's offensive line took a real step backwards this year, that guys who were playing pretty well last year are not playing very well this year, and particularly Mitchell Schwartz uh, has, has struggled. Uh, have you gotten a chance to see Cleveland much, and what do you think about this match? I, I, I've watched them. Um, they're not healthy. I mean, Joe Thomas is dang, you know, Matt, they, they lost their starting center. Greco is pretty decent. Mitchell Schwartz is struggling. They're – they're an inconsistent bunch. Their offensive line is going through some of the problems that the Steelers' offensive line is going through, but the Steelers have far better skill position players. Um, are they right for the picking? Yeah, but, I mean, they still have talent there. They have a decent pedigree. I mean, uh, I think the key for the Steelers is uh, they're, they're going to have to be gap responsible. They're going to have to be rush lane responsible. You know, it's most likely – I don't think Manziel's going to play, but if he does, I'd, he's so limited. I mean, uh, he he really doesn't do the right thing whenever he we get blitzed. I don't think it'll be a Tebow-type situation, but it could be. Um, I don't know. To me, he's, he's – uh, he looks – their, their offense uh, with Manziel look, this year looks like Michael Vick with the Steelers this year. It's right. just that they – they Manziel maybe has a little bit more uh, arm talent right now than Vic does, um, so it's not like it's not like they're ever gonna just line up and overwhelm you. It's more like if they can string a few, um, you know, their offense is. I'm trying to in a nice way saying their offense is basically junk with Manziel, but they if they can string a couple of plays together, 
he's capable of, of uh, you know, he's capable of making a couple. But I agree with you that if McCown plays and it looks, the indications are right now, it looks like he's going to, they're definitely a more dangerous team on offense. I agree. Um, but I, I, I think McNown's going to start. Do you? Don't you? I feel like it, but, you know, I mean, I, I seem to be wrong on the pick deciding which injured quarterback is going to play when. Right. So. <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to – I I think that it's going to be McNown. And uh, he's, his mobility is there, decent. His arm strength is there. He'll get the ball out quickly. He'll make the right read. The Steelers can't drop coverages. Um, you know, Travis Benjamin can really run. He's fast. He's improving as a route runner. Um, I heard someone compare him to Marvin Harrison. He's nowhere near that yet. Um, I would say he's more of a maybe a young Mike Wallace um, at this point. You know where you know he'll, he can make ver- vertical plays on the ball, but he does. You know he 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 will go across the middle of the field. He'll run the deep end. He'll run a post. He'll run the skinny post. So uh, I'm more concerned, honestly, about Duke Johnson as a receiver than I am anything else with the Cleveland Browns offense. Because Duke Johnson is a legitimate threat. He's like I. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name from Cleveland. Uh, Junior Eric Metcalf Junior. Remember? Him? Oh sure. No, oh sure. wow. Uh, I got the good old brain synapses firing for the old school Steeler fans out there. Um, and uh, he just he's a threat anytime he gets his hand on the ball. And they uh, they don't use him much as a returner like the old Browns did, but. He gets the ball in the hands offensively, and he makes plays. So that's a concern. Anytime he's matched up with either Shazier or Timmons, any of our linebackers, he's just, you know, he's a horrible mismatch. And, uh, you know, if, if, the, if, the, if the Steelers can be blocks and they can pressure either quarterback, I think the defense will be able to probably hold the Browns to 17 to 21 points, which should be the Steelers' offense, even without Ben, should be able to hang 24 to 27 and win. I'm not looking for style points. I'm just looking for a win. Well, it, it looks like, you know, that the Browns on offense, what they do, I would say, at least average, um, you know, compare, and maybe better than the other aspects of their offensive game. It's all about these, these short throws. They, they're, you know, they're like protecting the quarterback kind of offense. Um, short throws and uh, zone runs, they seem to have enough tools you know, to be able, like I said, to string a few short plays together, but the big play part of their offense just seems to be sorely lacking. I'm sure they'll discover it against Pittsburgh, um, but but to me, it's like I I I'd be concerned if if Cleveland is able to put up more than 25 points on this defense because, you know, compared to some of the offenses they've they played, they played arguably, you know, not even arguably statistically, they played three or four of the top five offenses in the league uh, recently. So so maybe going against a offense is not as good i mean shouldn't that make it a little bit easier on them yeah but it doesn't it doesn't work the Steelers like and browns it's the Steelers and browns yeah. so sometimes you know it recently it's been Steelers have pretty much put a kick into them but you know as we know through the years this matchup has thrown us curveball after curveball and i wouldn't be surprised to get another one this year i mean the browns don't have nothing to play for and the Steelers are bad enough at times where they could lose this game. Yeah, well, uh, you know, skill position-wise, um, you know, what, what 
what, if you see something happen early in the game in terms of uh, Cleveland doing something on offense that could give them an opportunity to, to be better than we think they're going to be, what would, what would that be? Is that hitting the tight end Duke in the Johnson. middle? Or is it Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Yeah. Like, um, Duke Johnson, like, out of the backfield, out of the slot. Um, I don't have a lot of fear of, uh, of, of Cleveland lining up and pieing us with the run. Um, Travis Benjamin, they're making ver- lucky vertical plays in the passing game because the Steelers have given up some plays that they shouldn't have. And uh, that's my concern. Um, Steelers offense, turning the ball over, leading to quick Browns defense of plays. I mean, I'm not impressed with, with the Browns at all on either side of the ball. And I know that's it, but they can make plays and the Steelers can – I don't want to say give the game away, but we've seen it happen, you know, and that's my biggest concern is a letdown, you know, a so-called trap game, which I don't buy into, but, you know, this is a robbery where the Steelers better be ready to get punched in the mouth and they better be ready to play because this is going to, this is a big game for the Browns too, because they're playing the Steelers and, you know, this Mike Patton can, you know, at least say, Hey, I beat the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what what about uh, Gary Barnage, tight end for the Browns? Oh, he's excellent. But, I mean, he's excellent in the Heath Miller type of way. You know, um, he's a, probably a step quicker than Heath Miller. He catches everything. And he, if the ball's near him, he'll make a play on it. He's big. He's physical. You know, he's smart. He's a horrible blocker. Um, but he's he's Brent Jones for this generation. Um, he, he isn't gonna like. He doesn't have the, near the skill set of a, like a Vernon Davis, but you take take him a hundred times over Vernon Davis because he makes plays. He's smart. He understands how to position himself, how to get in and out of a cut, how they're you know trying to cover him. Um, I don't think he can run away from Shazier or Timmons. I don't think he'll be able to just exploit Will Allen. I mean, in red zone, he, he, he'll be able to out-physical Will Allen for a football or a Ross Cockrell for a football, but, you know, they got to use their quickness and they got to re- make a read on the play and make a play on the ball. The go. Browns have um, weapons to make plays, you know? Sure. Well, they're an NFL football team. It's like, you know, sure. on the right on the right day, uh, E.J. E- 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 Manuel you know, can make plays on the right day. Right. Uh, Jacksonville can beat somebody. You know? Right, right. I, I, so I, that's, we'll, we'll get to this in a minute, but, you know, that's why Ben, that's why it wouldn't surprise me as much to see Ben play because it's, there's, you know, wh- where they are in their season, it's a division game, it's a, it's a conference game, and they have very little margin for error. So, I mean, even though, you know, Landry Jones has given you some reason to have some faith in him, I just don't know if you want to put yourself in a position where Ben doesn't dress, is you know capable of doing something, uh, but doesn't dress, and then you you end up finding out that that uh, you know either Landry is not successful or he gets injured and Mike Vick comes in the game and who knows what happens at that point? Nothing good. So nothing good. Yeah, I so I'm saying it's a, it's a it's an NFL football game against an NFL opponent, and even though. They've not played that well. They, they, you know, especially for a Steelers game, can get up for it. Let's let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Um, talk about the Steelers' offense against the Browns' defense. To me, looking at them, they they seem to have a lot of undynamic uh, defensive linemen. You know, so they're they're playing two gap and they're able to sort of get stalemates, but they're not winning to push the to push the line of scrimmage, and their linebackers are not good enough 
take advantage of those defensive line stalemates to, to get to make plays on the ball. Um, they're they're not a team that you're going to beat with these outside wide receiver screens or stretching it out to the outside. They're more like a team you're going to go straight at. Am I right? Yeah. Um, inside zone, you know, stuff like that. Um, the, the Browns struggle against the you know with the run game. The reason they struggle, you know, to play the run is uh, they're not overly physical in the back end. And uh, their defensive line is decent, but, you know, even if you play two-gap, you got to be able to beat blocks. And that's something that they fail to do. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we will attempt to do, I mean, obviously Power a lot, of, a lot would, of our games I – wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see more eye formation, classic eye formation, where we have Roosevelt mix, like a fullback tight end, two wide receivers, uh, one tailback, obviously, offense than you've seen probably at all this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see – A.B. and Brian, Heath Miller, Roselle Mix, and D'Angelo Williams. Uh, Williams is not a huma- – I mean, he doesn't need the fullback, but he does like having one. And I believe that you're going to get more blocking out of Nix against the Browns than you will out of Jesse James, who I have no problems with. He's not a great blocker, but I think Roosevelt Nix is a better blocker. Yeah, well, he – you know, I mean, all, all praise to uh... – Jesse James, he actually had a, a very good game for his debut last week, better than uh, I think could have been expected based on his what he'd done up to that point in the preseason. Uh, but he was uh, he did a good job. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you that Knicks at this point is is uh, laying guys out in a way that you know can make plays for you. I heard something really interesting this week: an interview with D'Angelo Williams, where they uh, one of the questions he was asked was, uh, "Do you?" You know, do you prefer to have a, you had a lot of fullback in this game? Do you prefer to have, to run with a fullback? Do you think it made it easier for you? And he said he said a really revealing answer. He said, "I don't know. I'm not sure without looking at the tape how many times I had a fullback because I, I'm you know pre-snap. I'm thinking about I'm assuming that all the guys in the front are going to get blocked, and I'm I'm looking at linebackers and safeties and thinking about what I have to do when I get to you know to beat them." on a play, he said he doesn't often know if there's a fullback or not in front of him. How interesting is that? You believe him? I've heard, I, I do believe it. I've heard similar type of stories where they just can go so, with such tunnel vision that they scan over and uh, get to the second and third level. I believe it. It's, yeah, holds it a hole, not, right? Yeah. <laughs> holds a hole. And actually, the other thing about that is, you know, as long as the pulling linemen don't run into you, from a running back's perspective, how a play gets, you know, what personnel is used to block a play isn't really the important part. The important part is how it gets blocked where the hole is, right? So from his standpoint, I guess it doesn't matter as much. But we used to talk a lot about following the fullback, you know, and having the a running back who has the ability to follow, uh, let the fullback find the hole for you and follow him. But that doesn't seem to work as much that way. And in fact, even, even on Sunday with the great blocks that Nick's was making, a lot of the pu- big chunks that D'Angelo Williams got were – actually cutting to a different direction from where the fullback was going. So it wasn't simple as following the fullback to the ball if you're on the defense. If you followed the fullback, you ended up in the wrong place. I never got to touch the football. You won't let me touch it. Which was, you know, see, we talk, we we say bad things about coaching all the time, but but I would say that that was probably a pretty good choice. 
Yes, it was a very, time. very, very good choice. Most did you likely. never even get a? Did, did you never even get a uh, like a? You were on a kickoff team, kickoff return team, and the ball. Was oh, sure, I got the ball, the ball. Yeah, I've gotten the fall on the ball. Um, what I you mean is you fell on it, and then a bunch stack. of people fell on you. Yes, but I oh. never. No, I was never a receiver, <laughs> or really even handoff a football outside of the schoolyard. I'll, I'll tell you something. I got an interception. I, you know, got an interception too. I I touched the ball on every play because I was a quarterback and then switched to center in favor of the, the coach's son to play quarterback, which always uh, – that was my first view into politics of sports uh, or politics coaching. of life right. and coaching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that set the tone for how I feel about coaches maybe. Uh, and then sure. uh, and then I have been a receiver and gotten absolutely laid out after a reception. Surprisingly, never found it that hard to hang on to the ball after getting hit because you just – you know, like you're not thinking about it. You don't see it coming maybe. To me, the hardest one, the, literally the most painful thing I would never want to relive as long as I live is falling on a ball on kickoff coverage and having a whole team, of, of, you know, throw themselves on. on top of you. Yeah, yes. that that to me is the absolute. There's nothing as bad as that. <laughs> I think I still I just lost my breath a little bit just thinking about it. You know. Anyway, uh, so in terms of this, you know, our. our our matchup. What you say? We'll do inside inside zone running, and you feel like we're really going to try to power against this team. You know, I, I, I assume think they're going to have it up profession. enough. There's going to be a different game plan with Ben than there will be with Landry Jones. I'm going to assume Landry Jones. So I expect that we're going to try to, you know, run the ball probably in ideal world probably 25 to 30 times a game and give Landry Jones maybe 25 pass attempts tops. Um, I think the Steelers would prefer to give Landry Jones like 18 pass attempts and, you know, everyone stay happy the Steelers win. Are, are we going to see some more Jordan Todman in this game then? I expect that we will. Maybe even Isaiah Pete if he's active. I mean, um, I, I expect to see, you know, Jordan Todman to get a few touches. Well, here's a better question. Do you think Pete will get touches over Will Johnson, provided that they're both healthy? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we're, you think that, they, that Will you Johnson, think that's done. I think I think that it, it, Will Johnson. I mean, he he played hard here for a few years. I Nick's took his job, and I don't think that he has the speed to be a tailback. He just doesn't have the natural instincts, or you know, I think that you know that I think that him and Pete probably will fight for a hat. Let's put it that way. I think Johnson might keep his hat because of special teams. Come to think of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I guess I don't I guess he was on the injury report this week uh, was Will Johnson, but my take was that if he's healthy, you, he might get a few carries in this game. Like I I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's dead for them. As recently as two weeks ago, they had him in the backfield at at halfback and threw him a screen, you know. So I guess it's not impossible. Uh, it's not. Not not with this team, right? Uh, so, you know, you mentioned something earlier during one of the calls about, you know, getting Martavis Bryant involved early and keeping them keeping his head in the game. And I, I 100% agree with that, although I would say if the first thing you do is throw him a nice, easy, uh, you know, curl pattern with off coverage and he drops the very first pass you throw to him, then, you know, do you just keep – I mean, to my, my mentality is you go back to him right away and don't make him stand around for an hour. But Right, same thing with know, me. Not, How about this? Instead of, like, throwing him that 10-yard uh, that comeback – you can put them in motion, which we do a lot. Hand the ball off. Hand the ball yeah. off. Let them, let them get a feel for it. I have no problems with the jet sweep. You've never heard me complain about it. 
Yeah, well, and they, to, you know, they, they used it with great effect last week with Antonio Brown, but then again, he's sure. Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, it just it seems like uh, I agree. You know, getting those guys involved, uh, especially, you know, especially if you have been, you know, that's the guy who's really great at distributing the football. I think the real, you know, almost the part of the function in the second drive of your game, first or second drive of your game, where you have a little bit more control over what you're going to try to do. It feels like you, in those situations, you really want to try to spread it out a little bit more. But, you know, that's, that's us thinking, not guys who are trying to, uh, you know, earn paychecks and win football games, I guess. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, we'll, we'll come back. I mean, anything else particularly about this matchup you want to talk about before we, uh, so, uh, have our uh, looks around other things. Prediction? No. Well, before I we mean, get, there's really, before, uh, yeah, go ahead. There's sorry. really not I, much I, in this game. It's 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 Steelers Browns, and there's two, there's a still a few unknowns. You know, what I mean, no, we don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be, and, and for stuff either like that. team, yeah, we don't know the right. starting quarterback for either team. That makes it a little hard to right. predict on Thursday. Exactly. Well, all right. So in the in the meantime, let's go have a, a look around in our around the league pick segment brought to you by Roger the Clown, Mike, uh, uh, I the bastard referee, Mike Pereira, uh, Mike Carey, Mike Pereira, um, and Jerry Austin. There we go. I'm off. <laughs> he did pretty good. Dean Blandino is the guy you seem to always forget. The, right, you Dean know, Blandino. I'm I forget the pies on. That's going to say, does it have something to do with the fact you're willing to overlook him because he's a Goomba? I mean, come nope, on. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> right on. Well, um, at any rate, you know, I was talking about the – we talked a little bit about the Jets-Buffalo. Uh, so, you know, there's not too much to talk about in that regard other than the fact that we agree that the Jets maybe are a little bit of a uh, a team that might be a candidate to fade down the stretch. Have you seen any of Green Bay the last couple of weeks? I have. Uh, yeah, I've seen the Packers-Panthers. I've seen Green Bay versus Denver. i actually seen the last two weeks. It's yeah. amazing what you can't do whenever you uh, – you got Randall Cobb injured, even though he made a couple plays, and you got no Jordy Nelson, and James Starks is injured but starting, and that tells you how bad Eddie Lacy is. Richard Rodgers is probably the lone bright spot on that offense outside of Aaron Rodgers, and their offensive line is absolutely terrible. I feel bad. People well, Rogers. It's not Rodgers. He got nothing. Yeah. Newer line. Yeah. The, the best Although, thing he got an oversized tight end now. Richard Rodgers, I think, got too big. And he lost some of his athleticism. But Yeah, they, well, it, feel, it feels like Rodgers, uh, you know, I, it's, not just, it's not just the offensive line. It's not just the weapons. I do think he's also uh, been a little bit, He's lost his swag a little bit the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, some of that is when you're running for your life, you know, it's hard to have the swag. But people always said, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be a guy who could survive behind a, a crappy offensive line and still be able to be Aaron Rodgers. But I think this is definitely revealing what, you know, what even a great quarterback looks like and even a great – I think I, you and I might agree, Mike Mitchell may, or Mike uh, McCarthy may be the best play caller uh, in football He's, right now. And Yeah, I'm a fan. So the thing is, you've got a great offensive plan. You've got the best quarterback. You have uh, the best play caller. But if you don't have the pieces around it, it it's still not going to win you a lot of football games. And granted, Denver and, and Carolina, you know, two of the best defensive fronts you're going to find in football. So maybe their offensive line isn't quite as bad as it looked uh, against Carolina. But they, they were just overrun, the Carolina. And the fact, that, the fact that they ended up putting up some points late 
it felt mostly like garbage points. Um, so that was a game that was not nearly as close. And speaking of which, I think we have to, at this point, say Carolina's for real, correct? Oh, they're for real. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't know, hopefully we hopefully we meet, we meet them before the season's over in February mm-hmm. or somebody worse. But um, the other thing I was going to ask about, ask you your thoughts about was, uh, you know, how much of a chance do you give a Cincinnati Bengals for getting a one or two seed in the season? Oh, well, I'll, I'll answer that question myself. Obviously, Denver plays Cincinnati, and uh, they have a chance yeah. to settle their own destiny in terms of whether or not they'll end up being a two or three seed. But, I, I, you know, everybody's talking about New England running away with the number one seed. But at the moment, there's, there's a possibility that Cincinnati beats Denver and Denver beats New England that uh, Cincinnati could end up with the number one seed, which would be, I think, something that works in the Steelers' favor or for any wild card team's favor. Since I don't think the reality is they're they're quite as strong. FC, I was just going to ask you if you if you thought there was any chance that Cincinnati is a two seed or maybe even a one seed by the time the season is over. I do. Can I get one minute because I'm pulling it yeah. up in the park? Hold on one second. Yeah, no worries. Um, at any rate, uh, we'll give him a chance to go back and talk about that. But uh, in addition, uh, I don't know if you heard the joke this week, but that all. Three undefeated teams in the NFL are represented by cats. You know, you have the the Bengals, which are Tigers. You have the Carolina Panthers. And then you have the Cheetahs in New England. Uh, Anyway, that was my favorite joke this week. It's old at this point, but still uh, an evergreen that should always work. Um, Yes. So at any rate, Cincinnati, chance at the two seed or possibly even one seed. If If they were to beat Denver, Denver beats New England they would have the inside track actually for the number one seed. Do you think something like that could happen? I think it could happen. Um, I can't see, I mean, I think that new England has a very good chance of going undefeated through the regular season again. And that's a testament to Tom Brady, to Bill Parcell or to Bill Belichick. I do that a lot now. I, um, <laughs> I mean, they, they defensively game plan every week for every team. And they'll show you different things. There'll be a three-three-five, you know, this Sunday, and the next Sunday they'll show you four-three looks, and the following Sunday they'll show you forty-six looks. What they draft is they draft, you know, defenders that can play multiple formations that actually absolutely are very intelligent, so they can, you know, switch from system and coverage to coverage. I, I everyone likes to pick on New England. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, and I actually think they're going to get knocked off in the AFC playoffs. Because I don't think they have enough talent on offense, which sounds funny. And I think Gronkowski is injured. Um, I think that he's giving him problems, and I think he's tough and you know playing through it. Um, yeah, well, I think the Bengals are going to definitely be a two seed, and I think they're a joke. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's like even though even though they might end up only losing a game or two the rest of the year, you still have to feel pretty good about your chances if you're if you're going to Cincinnati. I think that's. Let's put it this way: I, I would I would rather play, you know, Cincinnati and Indianapolis at some point in this postseason than some of the other teams that are going to be in there, um, particularly early in the in the you know, the first couple of weeks of the postseason. At any rate, hey, listen, I know you're you're busy, so let's get around to the predictions for the uh, the Steelers and Browns this week for the Browns Super Bowl. Uh, you can, if you want, you can hedge your bets based on who's playing quarterback for whom. 
but give me uh, give me an idea <laughs> what you think is going to happen. For the Bills Jets game tonight? No, no. Well, sure, if you want to. I was already I was giving you an out so you can move on and talk about Cleveland just, Pittsburgh. Just, okay. Um, um, I think that uh, that Landry Jones is going to start, and um, I think that make uh, McCown. McCown, thank you, is going to start for the Browns. Um, I expect the Steelers to try to come out and pressure McNown. Um, if if their offense line holds up and they pick up the blitzes, he can he can throw the ball enough that he can put points on the board. I don't think they're going to. I think that Joe Thomas is the only very good player they have. I expect uh, production from Tuit and from Hayward, his interior pass rushers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see production from McClendon because uh, the more he plays, the more success he has. Um, Bud Dupree's been excellent coming off the one edge. I like the way the Steelers are playing. They're outside linebackers as tandems where you have Dupree and Harrison playing together and you have Jarvis Jones and Arthur Motes playing together with defined roles so you don't have guys just, you know, waving in without a purpose or a cause. Um Martavius Bryant is going to have to make plays sooner or later. I think this could be, once again, his week. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers win this game 28-10, but knowing it's the Browns and it's the Steelers, it's going to be more complicated than that. So I'll say Steelers win 23-21. (laughs) 23-21. I don't know. I'm going to assume, for the purposes of talking about it right now, that the Steelers – they're going to start Landry Jones and the Browns are going to start McCown. I'll go with you on that. I, I don't I have any way of knowing if that's true, uh, but I would say even so uh, I'm going to guess that Landry Jones will still struggle to put the, the Steelers in the end zone uh, against Cleveland in the rivalry game. And even though, uh, you know, he's looked pretty good in relief in the two games he's come in, I'm still not hundred percent sold that he can practice all week as a starter going with that mindset and really attack, attack, attack. And they, the, his offensive uh, coordinator and head coach, I think, are going to do him no favors by trying to be very conservative in this game. I expect the Steelers to win in that situation 17-13. to 13. I think it's a low-scoring, close game, uh, despite the fact that all those offensive weapons are on the field for the Steelers. You know, if you shorten the, pos- the number of possessions and shorten the game, um, you know, I-, I think it's a heavy dose of running the football and controlling the clock. It doesn't necessarily equal a big win, but hey, if they finish with one more point than the Browns, I think it's uh, it could work I, against Menzel. I maybe downgrade the, the point total to ten, uh, and for the Browns, and say the uh, the Steelers might score 20, 12, 20 to ten victory. If Ben plays, I'm not expecting a ton more points, but I think your prediction is would be right about the, along the lines of what I'm talking about. You know, a, a twenty a twenty four to thirteen. A, a 27 to, uh, you know, 15 kind of a game. So maybe those are my predictions. Uh, and, I, you know, and any, more than anything at this point, I'll take a one-point victory, everybody coming out uh, at least as healthy as they were going in, and a week to rest up before we go to Seattle, right? So that's my final thought. What's yours, FC? My final thought is not too much different. Um, find a way to win, get the win, go into the bye week, get healthy, prepare for Seattle. You know, uh, just got to get your foot in the door and make the playoffs, and and that's what we're looking to do. And it starts this week with the Browns. Don't got to win pretty. Just stay healthy and get the win. Yeah, there you go. Well, 
I can't argue with that. Stay healthy, get the win, get the rest, you know, be ready for the stretch run. FC, you are ready for the stretch run. I appreciate you uh, squeezing in the show. I know you're busy this morning. And for those of you listening and participating, especially Orange uh, Steel and Greek Steel, appreciate the calls, guys, on behalf of uh, all of you. And those listening and Steeler Fury and those on SteelerFury.com, this is Brad Shadaben on FC's behalf saying, go get them, Steelers. Steelers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 